On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about AV over IP solutions. What is its impact on the AV industry? What does it mean to programmers? And is this the biggest shakeup since the move from analog to digital? All that and more on A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation. A state of control. A state of control, episode 58. Magic Merlin. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment. Welcome to A State of Control, an AV Nation podcast that highlights the control programming and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host today. Thanks for joining us. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the impact of the adoption of AV over IP. I'll leave it at that. There's going to be a lot to be said, and the group of people that are going to be talking about it are uh, as follows. Uh, first, let me start with uh, my partner at a con- State of Control. We missed him in the last episode, but he's back. Uh, his name is Rich Fragosa. He's also known as Uncle Richie. How are you, Rich? I'm good. Mellow West Coast greetings. A little wet here right now, but uh, glad to be back. Missed you guys, um, but I had taken a much-needed vacation, so uh, ready to go, though. Very nice. And we also have two returning guests. One's been a while since he's been with us, about a year ago in episode 43. His name is Derek Jonkis, and he is with Extron. Welcome, Derek. Hey, thank you. Glad to be joining you folks today. It sounds like it's going to be a fun topic. And last but not least is Brian McGrogan. He was just with us making his debut a couple episodes ago, and we're glad to have him back. He's with Verex. Hi, Brian. How are you? Good. How about you, Steve? Thanks I'm so much for great. having me back so quickly. Glad to have you. So AV over IP solutions, I think, are one of the bigger impacts that demonstrates the convergence of AV and IT. We've been programming uh, control over the network for quite some time. We've also been doing some point-to-point switching with a with matrix switchers but when we're talking about av over ip switching we're talking about a bit of a different animal and there's a lot more that goes into it and there's a lot more considerations that have to be made um, not only on the technical side but also on the project side uh, there's a lot more that can be done scalability flexibility and so forth so we're going to get into all of that and um, which let me just start by setting the scene with you when we're looking at the typical AV professional that is used to traditional AV systems, how do they get themselves in the mindset for AV over IP? You brace yourself. What, you know, what is it? Winter is coming. AV over IP is coming. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I just noticed like over my left shoulder, I, I was dealing with, you know, 15 years ago, the one of the original AV over IP devices made by Kaleidoscape. Um, dedicated box though. You know, it was, Point to point, nothing in between. You know, you could have something with the content and then something on the end and it spits it out. Um, and that was about as far as the technology went. And, and, and as integrators, uh, you know, it was plug and play. 
at that point, true plug and play. You know, you, you make sure it showed up on the network, but you didn't have to worry pretty much about anything other than that, other than if you put too many on a network, things would just stop working, but it wouldn't cause a network to come to its knees. I can't tell you at this point, I mean, we all are part of the forums and the online groups and, and everything else. I have never seen um, more panicked message call-outs uh, over the past probably eight months of we plugged this in and we took down the corporate network or we took down our office or we took down the house network what did i do you know you could you could pretty much see the guys that are on their knees just going what did i do um you have have to have to do one of two things you have to be prepared to understand networking or you have to be prepared to partner with somebody who understands networking. There is no in-between. Um, th this is not something, and this is brand new. For the most part, integrators, even control system programmers, helping integrators, we've been relatively capable of being masters of our own domain. You know, we'd work with other systems. We would be on the corporate network, but never have we had systems that could directly affect and cripple a network or because of the effect that they're creating, be completely shut down on a network. Uh, you know, I mean, if you think about it, bad AV over IP is a security intrusion. It's an intrusion into a, a into a, a corporate land um you know or or a home network so you know wh why is this a great topic because there's a lot of people having problems with it it's it's amazing in where we're going to be in the next I'm mean, less than five years i you know i think the conversations that we're going to be having today and the conversations that we're going to be having in 2025 or earlier are going to be drastic in terms of what we're going to be accomplishing however Right now, we're in the biggest growing pain, um, that, that one of the bigger growing pains that we've come across in our industry. I mean, I view this as just as big as the transition uh, from analog to digital uh, because you are now dealing, many companies are now dealing with things they have never dealt with before. And the worst thing is, is when you don't know how to fix a problem, <laughs> you spend a whole lot of time while you're trying to keep things up and running. So, I mean, it's exciting, but it's extremely scary right now. Um, and it does directly affect your business because I've seen already a couple of companies have gone half cock thinking that, oh, we'll just plug it in or they've read a marketing pamphlet and they throw it in. And next thing they know, they're just hemorrhaging time money and customer confidence because they were not preparing because they thought they could treat it like any other AV device, you know, that we used to deal with. So, um, excited, but you know, I, I feel the pain. Uh, we, we've done it in our lab. I, I have, I've been guilty of, of crippling the network myself the first time around. So Derek, uh, Rich offered a lot there and as a manufacturer of, video switching and audio switching solutions and, and as well as other interfacing products. How do you go about supporting something like this? Well, I mean, I think the first thing that we need to get rich is a nice comfy couch for some counseling time for the entire industry, right? Because maybe that's the first thing that we need to do. I, I, the one thing I would just say from a manufacturer's perspective, just in short, is that, um, you know, there aren't many times where you get to uplift an entire industry into a new technology. And so going from analog to digital, I think that's a perfect example. 
But I think one of the areas that's very different now is that, um, you know, all these signals are for the most part and potentially riding on other people's networking, other people's infrastructure. So the layer one, the layer two, the layer three portions of the network that most AV professionals, uh, maybe in a small closed network and traditional AV system infrastructure, they may have been responsible for. But in many of these cases, you know, guys like Brian are going to go out and deploy these systems, make sure they're configured or programmed appropriately to, to, to meet the client's goals. They have a, a whole different series of coordination to bring with them in that, you know, I mentioned before a long time ago with Tim, uh, probably uh, the concept of the AV backpack. You kind of have your backpack of wisdom. And already in our industry, I feel like we need to know like all of these things, like you need to understand infrastructure, electricity, you know, physics. I mean, you need to understand all of these items. And now you need to be like, uh, like, like, like a magic Merlin or something, because you need to know about all aspects of, of the network. And then all the people that think they own a portion of that, because in a modern business, a lot of companies own things that might be considered security or the physical infrastructure or conceptually uh, protecting, protecting whoever's uh, intellectual property that might be, uh, what rides over it. So depending on your business and your vertical. So from a manufacturer's perspective, we look at it as a great opportunity to both educate, to train folks, to get them uplifted, to have the right level of experience and knowledge. And um, we've taken the opportunity to hire lots of people at Extron, as I'm sure other companies have, to make sure we have those resources available as more and more products become available. Brian, I, I, you know, following up on what Derek said, and he, he, he kind of, you know, uh, you're, you're going to be our, our, our control programmer expert uh, for the day. The whipping um, boy. What? The whipping boy. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> you know, how, how does how does it make you feel? Uh, first off, to uh, to kind of be in that situation, but but you know what 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 um, impact does it have on your role? Because you know, as we know, when somebody presses a button and something doesn't work, the programmer is the one that has to be 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 the referee, right? Um, and and obviously in different companies, the programmers may serve just as a programmer and they may serve as a programmer, field engineer, or other, other aspects. But, but how does that impact your, you know, uh, the general control programmer's role? Well, I think you touched on it right away there, Steve. You said when somebody pushes a button and it doesn't work, right, it comes back at the programmer. So <clears throat> we need to have a full level of understanding all the way through, right? As a programmer, I have never found a scenario where I can be, hey, my program is good and then walk away. It doesn't work that way, right? And that's not the way we want the project to work in the end. We want to all work as a team and we all want to bring everything to completion so they're a, a good solution to the end user in the end. So on my side of things, it, me now, it's, it's more of finding my new partners, if you will, and finding the new people that I'm going to work with. AV as a whole has kind of sometimes been under the IT umbrella, we broke apart for a little while and now we seem to be coming back under that umbrella. So it's a matter of finding the contact that you need and having a good conversation with them. Uh, and in the, the couple of um, AV over IP deployments I've done, it, that's really been the game changer is finding the right person to talk to. I agree with that 
So following up on that, uh, so we're talking about the right person to talk to within the client organization, or is it is there an, an are we talking about other companies that we're bringing into the to the mix? So for me personally, um, it's been within the uh, client's organization, right? My my traditional you know conversations have always been usually when you start a project with a top level people that aren't actually going to do the deployment, right? And now we've and we've always had to find the uh, uh, the worker bees, if you will, that, that actually have to help you do the deployment. But now we really have to find that person that can say yes to things, can say yes to a, you know, I'm going to put streaming traffic, multicast traffic on your network and can, can physically tell me, yes, that's okay, or no, that's not okay, and here's why, and now we need to start a new conversation. So mostly the client side. And then going to the manufacturer, going um, when I do need assistance there as well. I like to, whenever we're going to deploy, when I like to get um, the manufacturer involved, just have a conversation about what I might think the pitfalls will be for this particular client, um, just so I can kind of head things off the pass. So Derek, I'll kind of keep going with that idea. Um, from a manufacturer's standpoint, and how how do we educate the, our clients when it comes to these types of situations? And and is it something that we need to get their buy-in when it comes to AV over IP, uh, or is it something that we have that that we kind of figure out as we go along? Well, I, I don't know. I I almost feel like uh, this is an AV over AV over IP system is uh, even from Brian's perspective. Uh, I mean, you can't be showing up at the back door on the day of the installation and letting everyone know that I'm, I'm going to connect this into Ethernet jack number 37 over here, okay? And when I turn this on, everything's going to be fine. Um, the conversations are, are much different, I believe, than, uh, than we've had before. And the level of coordination, uh, there's so many different stakeholders, I believe, uh, from a manufacturer's perspective, from, from Extron's perspective. Like I mentioned earlier, it's an opportunity to educate. It's an opportunity to to let folks know the, the new expectations that, that you may have with these types of AV systems and this type of infrastructure, because it involves other people's infrastructure. I mean, you're basically, you're looking at uh, you know, the encoding and decoding of signals, uh, devices that may be at the point of origin of that signal or devices you're managing at the endpoint, but the entire middle of the traditional AV system has been washed out and replaced by devices, um, constructs, policies that aren't driven by the person who may be there to deploy the AV equipment. And I think that's the big difference. And I'm sure Brian and even Rich, they probably either, you know, uh, just from stories or from colleagues in the industry, I, I feel like that's the new opportunity. And I, it gives you an opportunity to go back and talk to customers too, right? It's another way to go reach out and relationship with them and um, if you're an independent programming company, if you're programming minded as a business, if you have that as a, as a skill position, it's another way to be able to go out and, and talk to your customers about the ways that you can help them to manage this infrastructure. And I think that's a conversation that has an arc to it. You know, as a beginning, middle, and the end could be way out in the future as you help them live with that technology decision, decision long-term. So, Essentially, what you're describing is is that there's an opportunity there to almost be like an AV networking expert or something of that nature. There almost is a consulting aspect of, that that can be taken on. It, it sounds yeah, like. it, it's certainly advocacy, right? Um, because uh, 
you're helping them. I mean, you think of these devices, there's no one place to, I mean, everything's diffuse now, right? A lot of the things that we're seeing in our industry um, that probably been happening on the control system side for a long time are now being implanted into these other types of systems, AV over IP being one of them. And so the, conf, con, the concept of software-defined networks, software-defined communications, these are all things that I think uh, our industry will benefit long-term. But certainly, for, for all the folks that are on this call, we, we can all find a way to benefit from, from them as well, I believe. So Rich, uh, as a fellow business owner and as somebody who, you know, we, 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 I can't, can't, probably can't count how many times you've said brothers got to eat, you know, how, how do we make sure that that happens when it comes to these types of projects? How, how, do, how do we account for the variables? I mean, it's hard enough to, to define the scope when we're talking about a fixed system, but now we're talking about something that can do a heck of a lot more and so many more moving parts. What, 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 what are some tips that you have to, uh, go, to, to kind of assess the requirements and, and even be able to price this type of a solution from a, from a programming standpoint? We've been dealing with it a lot. I, I have to say earlier, though, when, uh, when Derek was talking about being a magic Merlin, I was just like, I'm okay with being Merlin. I am not magic miking anybody's network. So I was just <laughs> I'm like, you do not want to see that. That's going to be ugly, man. <laughs> That's a different type of content. This is a family show. So. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. And again, you know, I mean, our show is, is oriented towards control system programmers, hopefully, um, all three of them that watch. Uh, but um, what, what really, I, I thought about it a lot is that, you know, 25 years ago, we'd have a 128 by 128 VGA switcher you know, or a composite switcher or, you know, programmatically, how we handled the switching there is no different than how we're handling the switching now. Programmatically, on, on the very high level of an input goes to an output. Even when we moved to digital, an HDMI signal, a converted signal, it was still programmatically, one goes to one, one goes to two, three, and four. That's all that the control system programmer had to worry about in that respect um, in getting the button to work. Um, what's happened now, so from a pricing standpoint, that's what we look at. We're going, we're going look, and we explain that, is that, you know, the, the, the in to the out is the easy part for us. That hasn't changed. What we have now factored in is the fact that mechanically, we can't fix one to one, two, three, and you may not be able to fix one to one, two, three, because we're dealing with something outside of our control. So our role and potentially our advice is, and, and, and really it was just like Derek was saying before and Brian was saying it before, we come in much earlier and, and you know, we're now checking what switches are in place. We're now asking for network topology. Now we're now asking for security policies. We're now asking for, you know, what are, that's the first question that we're sending out in emails now, which is what's your security policy? We need that first in order to find out if we can even play because there are certain items that we do right now currently with AV over IP that don't play well in some arenas. Um, residentially, we see it a whole lot more than, than commercial. I mean, you, you just, 
have a completely different layout in a corporate IT structure or education or defense or, or anything like that. So, and I'll, and I'll stick with that as it, as it, because I think Resi has a, a whole other show unto itself with that. Um, but, but, you know, yeah, I'm finding myself in conversations now with an IT team, you know, not only potentially the CIO or the CTO, um, but then also, you know, the, the networking manager down to, uh, you know, like, like Brian was saying, the people who are going to be next to you in the field. Add to it sometimes the even more complicated things where, like with some businesses, you're not there during business hours. You know, I've spent the, probably the past five months, um, you know, working off hours. You know, we, we, our team will show up at 8 p.m. and work until 4 a.m. Ain't nobody going to answer the phone, right? So, so we've had to go back and, and we're looking at it now. I mean, I, I, I had to go up and figure out how layer one, two, and three worked. You know, I had to start figuring out and getting some basic training. You know, again, I'm not going to take it down to the granular level, um, but I had to reinvest my time in starting to understand how my stuff travels from point A to point B because I didn't really know. You know, again, like I was saying, be, behind my shoulder, you know, I, if a blue light showed up, all systems go, you know, and that's all I had to worry about. Um, so, you know, my advice has been, and we've been saying it for years. I mean, we, I mean, since, since we saw the iPad coming, we've been saying it for years. Figure out networking. You know, it, it, it is software is eating the world. You know, a, a Mark Andreessen has a very famous quote about that. And it's true. It is permeating every part of the industry. And you have to, as a responsible business owner, or even as a responsible pro project manager or programmer, you need to have at least that tool to be able to troubleshoot the issue and say, here is our issue. I may not be able to fix it, but I've identified it. And now we can get from point A to point B. Now, hopefully, if you've done your homework beforehand, and it's always tough, project deadlines are always different. Things get rushed, things happen, we know that. But you have to have that contingency plan. You have to be ready. Um, you know, in, in, you know, when I, I coach baseball and, and a coach had a great quote that he was talking, he's like, you know, when you're a fielder, you don't plan for a good throw. You plan for a bad throw because then you react. And that as a, as a control system programmer and, and as an integrator, when you're dealing with AV over IP, you plan for a bad throw. And, and that's the advice that I've been sticking with at this point. Brian, I'll, I'll let you uh, weigh in on this. Is it, uh, you know, we talked about you know, mentioned a couple of times actually that this may be the biggest shift since analog to digital. Um, do you think, and, and, and if you think about it now, you know, digital is commonplace, right? We, you know, we've kind of gotten over that hump. We, we've gotten comfortable with it, it, and it and it's almost second nature. Granted, it's to some people, it can be more of a challenge in there's certain situations, but do you think that this is going to happen with AV over IP? Or do you think that this is really a, a shift that is going to take us in a different direction and it, only certain people are going to be able to do it? Well, I think Rich touched on this really quickly here. I think that you're going to shift the whole industry, right? And you're going to shift kind of the people in the industry as well, right? The people that have just been, okay, great, you know, I'm going to go with what I've been doing for the last 25 years, and I'm, I'm good to stick with that. There will be a place, but they're not going to, they're not going to have a huge place in our industry anymore, right? I, 
when my guys come to me and they ask, you know, and I try to take every opportunity when I'm doing an AV over IP deployment with them, they ask, how can I learn this? How can I do this? I tell them, this is stuff that you have to do on your own and you have to play and learn. And whether it be set stuff up in a lab, whether it be at home, just plug something in wrong to your network on purpose. See what happens. See what happens when your wife yells at you because the Wi-Fi stopped working. So, you know, I'm, and I think it's going to have to be some very self-motivated people that go and they, they take the training classes, they read the material, they, you know, buy the hardware it takes to, to learn themselves. You don't need to get the 48 port crazy enterprise grade switch, but you, know, you buy the eight port, you know, fully integrated, fully managed switch, you can start playing around and you can do that on your own and yourself and help you make sure that you are as prepared as possible when you go to the field. So it's uh there's there's definitely going to be a, a big change in the landscape there sure derek as as a company that really emphasizes training and is probably a you know one of the strongest resources for training i i think from a manufacturer's standpoint how do it, it, do do you advise taking manufacturer specific training on product or is it more network based training that that we really need to be looking at and 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 if it is network based training is that something that a company like Extron is going to be investing in for for their audience yeah so i'll try to take those in the order you asked them um yeah training education is sort of foundational for Extron you're absolutely right and that's sort of that is a that is our motivation um, and we look at this as a, as a way to be able to kind of reach out and educate those folks. They're going to mentor and educate other people in their, in their organizations and across the industry. Um, in preparation for this, we've been hosting training classes probably for the last three plus years with like consultants or people who have end users, bringing them in and educating them about the direction of technology primarily and maybe a little bit of product on top of that um, we've also been helping organizations like Bixie for example to generate training that's appropriate for the audience that is primarily worried about things that are traversing a lot of physical infrastructure um, and I think the last thing that we've done is we've done a lot of things for ourselves to be more accommodating to the knowledge and potential skills gap of the industry. In other words, anticipating what those needs might be. And we've been out and we've been hiring a lot of folks who have um, backgrounds that I would say to like Brian's point, um, they're not necessarily AV centric backgrounds. Um, they're much more on the infrastructure side, the much more if you think of the OSI model, like people at every layer, even the application layer, understanding, right? that there are all kinds of signals and things that manufacturers in our industry want to make sure can traverse the network and being able to provide the kind of basis so that folks at every level in our industry can understand that impact is really important. And um, with any of these technology shifts, I think there's an ingest cycle. It takes time in order for folks to adopt and adapt to the kinds of technologies that are made available. Um, not every customer, especially for these kinds of solutions, I think, are going to immediately be able to ingest these kinds of technologies into their own workflows. So um, we look at this as like a, it's a big opportunity all the way around um, for our industry as well, but, you know, as a company, for sure. 
Rich, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of move it over to you. Um, we've talked about the impact of configuration. We've talked about the impact of other programming languages. And now we're talking about AV over IP. All of these are kind of taken, almost t knocking the typical programmer off of their perch a bit, right? Um, where, what, what, what do you think, where do you think the opportunity is? And, 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 you know, is this just another sign that the pro, the AV programmer's role is changing? I think it's a total opportunity. It's an opportunity for growth. You know, it's it's um, you know diversify or die uh, for for anybody in this industry. And you know, I if you don't think if you think that IT is going to be a fad, <laughs> uh, you know, you're you're in a lot of trouble. Um, it's tough. I think that uh, it's an opportunity I felt to be able to bring in um, a younger generation of professionals. I think that the older generation of professionals, where we're a little, uh, we're a little nostalgic for how it used to be. I know I am at times when when things aren't working. Um, with that said, though, um, you know I have had to learn beyond Xtron and all of the Trons that are out there and. Cisco and whoever, I now have to learn about Cisco, Jupiter Networks, Extreme Networks, Aruba, HP, you know, uh, Meraki. I mean, I, these are new names who I'm going to be seeing more and more of over the years. And so I don't necessarily have to be the one who knows how to fix the problem, but I have to have enough information so that I can relay the problem. And that's really what I think is that next step is I, I'm not, I, I'm not looking to say that control system programmers or integrators have to be network engineers. You know, where they, that's what network engineers are for. Uh, but you do have to be able to at least isolate the problem enough to say, here's what we're doing. Here's what our system does. Here's the issues we're experiencing. I don't necessarily know where it fits within your topology, but here are the tools so that we can solve this problem together. And even hopefully before that, taking a step before, taking all of that information and handing it to them and saying, this is a potential problem. So we'd like to go ahead and work. I, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with, um, really in just the past six months, uh, I've had the opportunity to work with some really cool, fun, talented individuals from large organizations, you know, multi-site organizations where, um, you know, just to get in and to connect to stuff, I'm pinging through three continents to get to a place that's an hour away from me, you know, which was cool in the grand scheme. It was really, really cool. However, that was so far above my head on how I got there, right? It was just like, how did it happen? I'm like, it's auto magic. I don't know. It was great. Um, but I learned a lot along that process and and they were able to guide me through aspects of network security that i never considered and didn't even know how it existed you know and got exposed to companies who i'd never dealt with before but are in my backyard okta and you know and how sonic wall deals with stuff and i mean all of these other companies literally their job is getting secure information from one side to the other in the software world so you know it's it's you, you've got to be willing to open yourself up and kind of take a look at it with innocence eyes um, at, at that point and say, hey, yeah, we've been doing it like this. And, and now you either have to find the enthusiasm for it or you need to bring somebody in who has the enthusiasm for it uh, because it, it's, it's not going to go away. 
Um, and, and, and again, it's like, it's, it's either exciting or depressing. It all depends on how you want to look at it. Well, I know we could probably go on for probably another hour on this topic, but unfortunately the, this will be a good stopping point for today. Uh, might be another type of a show that we'll follow up and have in the future. Um, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us. First off, uh, Derek Jonkis from Extron. Thanks for being with us today. How can people get in touch with you and learn more about Extron? You can learn more about Extron at extron.com. Take a look at, we have about 5,000 products there, I think. Um, so uh, enjoy your searching. You can also uh, find me either at Extron or you can uh, find me on LinkedIn. Happy to, to talk and communicate with you. Thanks. Uh, Brian McGrogan from Verex. Thanks for joining us and coming back uh, in such short notice. Uh, how can people get in touch with you and learn more about Verex? You can uh, certainly reach me on all social medias, B. McGrogan, <clears throat> or the Verex website, www.verex.com. Uh, we'd always be happy to help you out. Thanks. And last but not least, Uncle Richie, how can people get in touch with you? Another great show. And uh, tell us uh, how to reach you and learn more about what you're doing. Well, my next dance performances will be... Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, now we're here. Find... <laughs> exactly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to coin Magic Merlin, right? That's my stage name. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you can type my name into the interwebs. Uh, things will pop up. You can find me on Twitter at rfregosa. Uh, you can find the company at Fregosa Design. Uh, but uh, first and foremost, uh, please find us here at avnation.tv. You can find us here on Resi Week, AB Week. Uh, but you know where where my heart is with with my good partner here, Steve, on uh, a state of control. Very nice. Yeah, I think you kind of uh, got the ball rolling for everybody. So, you know, I'll uh, share my update and then uh, I could be reached uh, at Control Concepts, controlconcepts.net and uh, on social media at Steve Greenblatt. Uh, but as Rich said, uh, what's important to us is that you – uh, take a visit to avnation at avnation.tv where you can find this show you can find coverage of trade shows and you can find a whole bunch of related shows uh, resi week uh, itav that derek's been on several times as well as uh, another show connected that i think uh, kind of uh, resonate with some of the same themes that we talk about um, while you're there at the website please Take a look at the supporters of AV Nation. They help to make this show possible as well as help to uh, support the coverage of trade shows and other events. And uh, also send us a note, leave us a comment, reach out to us so that we can know you're out there and you're listening and we can do more of what you like for, from us. So uh, uh, we want to hear from you. That will do it for today, for today's show. Thank you for joining us on A State of Control. 